tell very many, but I'll clear up something that, that I heard right before church for the few that I did mention it to. I heard through my brother, who heard it from someone else, so game of telephone, that there was an active shoot, or three active shooters on uh, the campus of PCC. Um, that's Pensacola Christian College in Florida. It wasn't that. Um, it was the end of a police chase just ended there. So um, I heard about this, and so I talked to Elizabeth, and she talked to Bethany, her sister, who is um, the assistant dean of women there at PCC, and so she cleared that up for us. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's uh, good that it wasn't a shooter. I'm glad it wasn't that, because they, they have a campus church there for all the students, but then a lot of other people come in. So um, on any given Sunday, there's several thousand people there. So an active shooter could be a really bad deal in a group that large. So anyway, praise the Lord, it wasn't that. Well, we're looking tonight at the person and work of the Holy Ghost. This is the third part of the Godhead. And uh, there's several parts to this. So um, I, uh, like I've said the last few weeks, I haven't picked all the scripture. I'm going to read just a few of each one tonight as we continue to look at what we believe here in, at Victor Baptist Church. The person and work of the Holy Ghost. Um, let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for your provision. Thank you for your protection. Lord, I uh, ask that tonight, um, as we look at, uh, at your word and, and more of who you are, Father, help us to um, just grow in our knowledge and our, our love for you. Help us as we read your word to um, grow in our reverence uh, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you uh, are working in and, and through us each and every day. Guide tonight, in Christ's name we pray, amen. So the person and work of the Holy Ghost. We believe that the Holy Ghost is a divine person. I absolutely believe this. I've mentioned this a, a couple weeks ago, I believe it was. There is some who believe that the Holy Ghost is just the Spirit of God and not a distinct person. He is a person. There is three parts of God, and He is equal. Um, he's equal with God the Father and God the Son, and is of the same nature. He was active in the creation. In His relation to the unbelieving world, He restrains the evil one until God's purpose is fulfilled. So, I want to look at this. There's letter A through F tonight, and I want to look at more scripture in this section than anywhere else. So go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27. He was active in creation. He was part of... This doesn't have the term Holy Spirit in it, but it, God is talking about the, the Trinity here. And God said, let us, meaning God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, Male and female created he them. There's some good principles in this verse that we won't get into. Um, but 
tonight I just want to focus on the Holy Spirit. He was there active in creation. God says, let us make man in our, in our image. We are made in the image of God. We are a three-part being. God is a three-part being. <clears throat> and uh, so one of these things that is non-negotiable is that the Holy Spirit is a equal part of God. Job 33, 4. <clears throat> when you're struggling to not lose your voice in the morning service, Wonderful Grace of Jesus is the wrong song to sing right before you stand up to preach in the evening service. It's a great song. I love that song. How many knew that tonight we sang the exact same four songs as we sang last Sunday night? <laughs> Several. All right. I figured there'd people there'd be some that kept, caught on to that. Uh, I picked them last week because they were about Christ. And I thought, I want to sing them again because they're about Christ and about the grace of God. Anyway. All right. Chapter 33, verse 4 says, The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. He made us the Spirit of God. Um, he is our creator, and then he prevents, he, he holds back the, the um, work of Satan in this world. And this is an important passage in prophecy. And uh, like in Genesis, I'm not going to get into it much tonight, but go with me to chapter 2 of 2 Thessalonians. We're going to read 1 through 8. 1 through 8, this passage is one of the reasons, one of many, I believe, in the Scripture, to believe in a pre-tribulational rapture. But I'm not going to get into that tonight. <laughs> I don't want to argue that with anyone um, this evening. And uh, we just see the work of the Holy Spirit here. That He does hinder Satan. And I'm thankful for that. Verse 1 says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto Him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what we hold, withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he, this is speaking of the Holy Spirit, who now letteth let, and the word let doesn't mean the way we use it, it is a prevention, it holds back, it stops, until he be taken out of the way, and then that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So we believe the Holy Spirit is one talk, uh, spoke of in verse 7. He restricts the work of Satan, and, uh, and when he is taken out of the way, then that wicked be revealed, that's the Antichrist, and, uh, and we see ushering in of the tribulation period. 
So we believe that the Holy Spirit is a divine person equal with God the Father and God the Son and of the same nature he is active in the creation or was in his relation to the unbelieving world he restrains the evil one until God's purpose is fulfilled. Um, there's other passages here, Psalms 104, verse 30, Matthew 12, 22, and 1 John 5, 7. Secondly, we believe that the Holy Ghost bears witness to the truth of the gospel in preaching and testimony. He is the agent of the new birth in that he seals, guides, induces, witnesses, sanctifies, and helps the believer. Now there's <clears throat> Nehemiah 9, 20, Isaiah 30, 21. Ezekiel 36, 27, Luke eleven thirteen, John 3, 5 through 6, and then go to John 3, 63 with me. <coughs> John 3, 63. He is the agent in the new birth. 63 says, It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing, but the word that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. He brings life. Now, continuing on in John, go to chapter 14, verses 6, and we're going to read all the way through 27. Excuse me. Verse 6 says, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should known my Father also, from, and from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The word that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. That's an amazing verse. I love that verse. We need to get a hold of that and, and trust the Lord for some mighty works. Verse 13, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. One of the arguments that the Holy Spirit is not a separate part of the Trinity is that this is translated wrong. They want to attack the King James Version, that this shouldn't be he. But it is correctly translated. That he is called here, by the term he, that he's given a person, um, and a personality even. So we see a couple times here, the Holy Spirit, for he dwelleth with you, that he may abide with you. Um, verse 18, I will not 
leave you comfortless. I will come unto you yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall also live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself unto him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the words which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid." <clears throat> Now we see both, or all three mentioned in here quite often that Jesus is saying, I and the Father are one, but I will not leave you comfortless. There's a, there's a comforter that is equal to me, is what he says here, and I'm going to send him to you. So we believe that the Holy Spirit is the one who is the agent of new birth. He seals, guides, induces, witnesses, sanctifies, and he helps the believer. There's several passages um, in Acts, Acts 2, 37, 5, 9, 9, 13, and 31. There's some in Romans 8, 2, and 9, 14, 16, chapter 15, verse 16. Then 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 13, 6, 11 through 19. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, chapter 4, 3, chapter 5, 18. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8, 2 Timothy 1, 14, Titus 3, 5 and 6, 1 John 2, 20 and 27, chapter 3, 24, chapter 4, 4 and 14. So there's, there's so many passages of Scripture about the Holy Spirit. It's crazy to me that we say He isn't, <laughs> that He does not exist. Um, the, the Word of God speaks of Him throughout and of His work, that He is this agent of the new birth. <clears throat> Thirdly, we believe that the Holy Ghost is a person who convicts the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. He is the supernatural agent in, in, in regeneration, indwelling, and sealing believers unto, until the day of redemption. And for this, I'm just going to two passages, John chapter 6. John chapter 6. <coughs> and that is supposed to be 16, I believe. I wrote it down wrong. Thankfully, I got the other one. Yes, chapter 16, 7 through 14. We see the work of the Holy, of the Holy Ghost. In verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. 
Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. This is, this is the work of the Holy Ghost. <coughs> he is a person who convicts the world of sin. <coughs> We don't come to Christ without the Holy Spirit showing us our sin. Until we understand it, until we come to that realization, we do not come to Christ. He convicts us of our sin. He doesn't um, leave us without choice. He shows us who we are. All right? I do not believe in, in uh, irresistible grace. I believe that the Holy Spirit shows us our sin, and then we have a choice to make. And uh, we're left with that. But that is the work of the Holy Ghost. And He will bring us to a point of surrender. Um, <clears throat> but it is not irresistible. One more passage here is Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. <coughs> you know, two years ago, I'd have to take a test. <laughs> I think I had COVID or something. I think I wrote the wrong one down again. <clears throat> no, it's verse 9. I'm looking at verse 8. Verse 9, But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He dwells in us. My Spirit communes with His Spirit, and this is one way of knowing that I'm a child of God. The Holy Spirit does not dwell within you. You're none of His. But He dwells within us. <coughs> so we believe that the Holy Ghost is a person who convicts the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. He is that supernatural agent in regeneration, indwelling, and sealing until the day of redemption. He also keeps us. We believe that the Holy Ghost is the divine teacher who assists believers to understand and appropriate the Scripture it is the privilege and duty of all the saved to be filled with the Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit. Go with me now to 1 John. <clears throat> 1 John chapter 2. And I know we're kind of going right through this. Not a lot of, I'm not expounding on much tonight. <clears throat> Just want to show you the scriptures that we have to back up what we believe. <clears throat> We're going to start in verse 20. <clears throat> verse 20 says, But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. That's the Holy Ghost. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whoso denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye shall also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he that promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, 
And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same appointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it is taught you, ye shall abide in him. This is telling us that he is our teacher. I love it. You need not that any man teach you. We, we need the Word of God and we need the Holy Spirit. This is what we need to grow in Christ. The church is obviously the place God has given us to dwell and to grow and to serve Him. And we do need preaching and teaching. But you learn from the Holy Ghost. The Bible is not... not uh, it is spiritually known. I can't think of the word I was looking for there. We don't understand the Word of God outside the Holy Spirit. He teaches us His Word. I'm thankful for that. (coughs) So we believe that the Holy Ghost is our divine teacher. We believe that the Holy Ghost is sovereign in the bestowal of spiritual gifts to every believer. The Holy Ghost uniquely uses evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip believers in the assembly in... uh, in the assembly in order that they can do the work for his ministry. Go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read verse 4 through 11. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh at one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to everyone severally as He will. So we believe He's divine in, in giving the gifts. Now we believe that tongues have ceased. We don't speak in tongues. Some of those gifts were signs and they were for a time, but they were given by the Holy Spirit, just like gifts are given today. God gives us gifts to serve Him, and it is important that we see to every man severally as He will. So He knows best and He gives us the gifts. I'm thankful for that. I'm glad it's not up to man to figure that out. (laughs) We'd be Samuel in Jesse's house and saying, well, surely this is the one. And uh, God says, nope, go on down the line until they bring David in from the sheep. He knows who should do what, and he is going to give us the gifts according to his will. I'm thankful for that. So he's sovereign in the bestowal of spiritual gifts. We believe <clears throat> that the sign gifts from the Holy Ghost, such as speaking in tongues and the gift of healing, were temporary Speaking in tongues was never the common nor necessary sign of the baptism or filling of the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of confusion of that in the world. Go to Africa and you'll see that speaking in tongues is way, way above salvation. Having this experience of speaking in tongues is, is what matters. And Satan has used that to confuse people. 
It is, was never common nor necessary, a necessary sign of the baptism or filling of the Holy Ghost. We don't need to speak in tongues. The ultimate deliverance of the body from sickness or death awaits the consummation of our salvation in the resurrection, though God frequently heals through the, par- the prayers of believers. So do we, we do believe in praying for the sick, obviously, and we believe that God can and does heal. But I'm not going to lay my hands on you or slay you up here or anything like that. <laughs> my brother talks about getting roped into going to a church one time. And uh, 26,000 people or something, like a football stadium. And uh, this man was casting the Holy Spirit on people. If he touched him in the forehead or whatever. And so there was so many people flocking the stage, you couldn't get to them all. He said, all right, we've got to change this. Just sit in your pew and raise your hands. And he cast the blessing out on their hands. And my brother said it was like... A, wave of the ocean. People were just hitting the floor all over there. Uh, well, he said, do this and then touch your head. When they touched their head, they went to the floor. I said, did you raise your hands? He goes, I did. I said, did you touch your head? He says, no way. <laughs> so I stood there just like this. Obviously, this is not what God intends uh, for our worship. It's not about me. It's not about us and t- speaking in tongues and and being slain in the spirit, it's all about me. So I can say I had this experience. And it's also also all uh, wrapped up in emotions. And so there's highs and lows and we don't, we don't really uh, <clears throat> walk with the Lord as we should. I uh, believe it is satanic. 1 Corinthians 14, 21 and 22 says, In the law it is written, when men... Of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that will, they will not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. He's saying there was a purpose in that time for speaking in tongues. I believe that you can see from scriptures that speaking in tongues was simply speaking in another language that they didn't know. God gave them that ability for that time to minister to people that were there and also to show a sign that God was using them. Chapter 13, verse 8 says, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. So I believe, we believe that Speaking in tongues and the gift of healing and these things were temporary. They are not for this time. And I do believe that when you see someone doing it, it is satanic in its origin. There's, there's testimony of people standing up and speaking something that they didn't know they were speaking, and they were actually speaking another language. <laughs> these things have happened. And somebody that could speak that language said, what you just spoke was very, very vile. That was not by the Spirit of God, obviously. So, um, at the very least, <laughs> when somebody starts talking about these things, we need to be very, very cautious and, I would say, skeptical. I want to close with Romans chapter 8. <coughs> 10 through 16.
And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the, de de the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. This is the work of the Spirit, and I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit in my life. He's, he drew me to salvation. He gave me life. He now keeps me. We looked in Romans 8 this morning. He prays for me that God will show or that God will work in my life to mold me more in his image. And so um, we believe that he is an equal part of the Trinity and, uh, and very <clears throat> essential in the work that is done in our life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Help us to, to continue to learn of you, to take time in your word and study this week and be led by your spirit. Thank you that you keep us, that you seal us. And Father, when your spirit is working in my life, I know that, you're, that I am your child. Just guide us this week, Lord. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You are dismissed.